This is the Argyle Podcast, the official podcast of Plymouth Argyle Football Club. Hello, this is the Argyle Podcast. I'm Charlie Price, and this week we're going to do something a little bit differently and look ahead to our dedicated fixture to Her Game 2, which is this Saturday at home against Morecambe. Now, Her Game 2 is a campaign set up to eradicate sexism in football, and um, we are proud to support it here at Argyle. We feel football is for everyone, and anyone who comes to Home Park or any other sporting venue for that matter should be respected in the way we all expect to be. So this week we're going to have a conversation between Emma Potter, our Her Game 2 ambassador here at Argyle, Lucy Ford, one of the co-founders of the campaign, and Zoe Cunningham, the captain of Argyle Women. This is the Argyle Podcast. Hey, so yeah, thanks for everybody joining us um, today. So kick things off and maybe introduce ourselves a little bit so um I'm obviously Emma I'm been working at Plymouth Argyle and the community trust um not so much now and um, for the past probably four or five years and um, on and off um so I'm privileged now to be the ambassador for her game too for Plymouth Argyle so that's um why I'm on this podcast today and obviously to um introduce you guys to why we're we're here um, so and speak about our experiences. So today, obviously, we've got Lucy and Zoe with us. So, Lucy, do you want to give us a little bit about your background and um, what, why you're here with us today? First of all, yeah. So I'm I'm Lucy. I'm one of the co-founders of Her Game Two, um, and I'm a Bristol Rovers fan. Um, yeah. So Her Game Two was founded in May of last year. Um, so my friend Kaz and fellow Bristol Rovers fan had um, quite a bad experience on social media. Um, she commented about scoreline for another team, not not a rival team, but a um, but a team not in our, in, our, in our league, and they lost quite heavily. Um, she got a few friends that support that team, and she just commented to say, "Oh, you know, what's the point of them in that league that losing every week?" Which which was a fair point because they were at that point. Um, and the tweet ended up getting a lot of retweets and likes, um, and then from there, it kind of went to the stage of you know people saying comments such as on, on that tweet going oh um you don't know nothing about football because you're a girl um saying all oh, things like get back to the kitchen you know sexist comments um and it was just like lumping on and one after another and then they were starting to get really personal and say things about the way that she looks and her weight um and you know at the, at the time she you know the tweet she put out was harmless didn't have any any bad words in um and it was really really sad because she said to me um, afterwards, you know, that if it wasn't in a time of we were in a lockdown at that point, she wouldn't have wanted to go to games. And, and she's a season ticket holder like myself. And I, I just couldn't understand how someone can make someone feel that bad for just commenting on a football game. Um, and, you know, to bring out sexist comments, to make someone feel that way, to make them, you know, lock down their Twitter account, um, delete the app off their phone for a number of weeks. You know, they didn't, you know, she didn't want to be on social media. She didn't want to see it. She didn't want to have, you know, these comments being said to her. And, you know, they shouldn't be because everyone's entitled to an opinion. And, you know, we don't, may not all agree with each other. But, yeah, to say that was it was really, really harsh, really unfair. And then from then, she came to me with the idea um, for the campaign. You know, she asked me, I think it's in the April time, so it's about three months on, should, you know, do you feel like there's a campaign out there for 
sexism in football and I thought about it and I was like not that I'm aware of you know there's been um, other campaigns for you know other discriminations you know, uh, kick it out um, and rainbow laces which is you know equally as important um, but it, for sexism it didn't feel like there was something really there so she said well why don't we do a video highlighting our experiences and I was just like yeah absolutely um, and so we got together a list of girls who we felt um, you know who'd also talked about their experiences on social media and that we followed um, and Kaz went and approached them all and asked if they wanted to be a part of it um, and thankfully they all said yes so there was 12 of us originally um, and then we all got together in the um, in a Twitter group chat and just discussed how we wanted to do it when we wanted to do it um, so we went for um, FA Cup final day um, and then we built up the night before on social media creating a social media account for her game too um, and and yeah and then we just posted the video out and just not we didn't really know what sort of reaction we were gonna get whether you know if people were gonna be like oh yeah this is my experience too or be like oh what are you talking about but no the I mean the video I think got tw uh, in within 24 hours got a million views on Twitter which is just crazy and still baffles my brain now so yeah it's been a it's been a really 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 mad a few well not nine months now nine ten months it's just yeah, it's just I, even like talking about it now. It's all I still can't believe what we've managed to achieve. That's amazing. Thank you. Thanks for that. That's been a really great insight. Um, Zoe, can you just give us a little bit about your background, please? Yeah. So, um, I'm Zoe. I'm currently the captain of Plymouth Argyle Ladies football team. I've played for Plymouth for a few years now, and I've played football since I could walk, pretty much. So, um. Yeah, I've played all my life and it's been a huge part of my life um, all the way through. Obviously, I work as well. Um, I'm a postie. Um, and yeah, I'm just, I, yeah, just, that's it really. Brilliant, yeah. thank you. So just going back to um, the campaign then, obviously, um, it's gone it's gone massively, Lucy, as you, as you said, we will see it all over social media and stuff. And um, I think, you know, Plymouth Argyle now are really getting behind it and we've all got shared experiences I think um how do you think that us as a club can get behind it even more and what do you want from us as as a club um I think that's a really good question actually um so when we um initially kind of went to the clubs so kind of the precursor to that was obviously we did the video obviously there was a quite a lot of media attention around it um and obviously people from the very first get first day getting in touch to say you know this is my experience um and you know, dads and daughters tweeting things, and it was in you know that and seeing that was really kind of lovely. Like just seeing like how proud dads were watching their daughters or taking them to the games. Um, obviously, it was also sad like reading the experiences as well. Um, so we decided to do a survey, um, because we kind of wanted more kind of data, kind of research. You know, because obviously there's just twelve of us, but we wanted to see what other people's experiences were. Um, so we kind of asked. Um, girls and women to take part via social media so we sent a link to them um, privately so it wasn't kind of jumped on by someone else saying oh you know it doesn't happen because when we set up a reporting system on our website we had a couple of instances where um guys were pretending to be girls um and it was obvious because their email address was the man and they were saying they were so and so mm -hmm. and then saying oh it doesn't happen which is just ridiculous so we thought well with the survey we'll we'll ask people to take part in it um you know anonymous anonymous I can't say that word I can't get my words out this morning um you know just send it to them privately um and then yeah we had almost 400 responses 
Um, and over 90% had seen sexism online towards a, a girl or woman in football. So that doesn't mean just a fan. It means, you know, player, pundit, referee, yeah. anything. Um, and over, I think it's over 60% had experienced it either online or in person themselves, which mm-hmm. is, you know, a really significant figure. Um, and I think one of the things that kind of came out was it was like where to go to talk about or not feeling able that they could report it to someone. So that's why we kind of went to the clubs and said, you know, we'd like to partner with you to obviously raise awareness for sexism, but also making sure that we have the reporting system in place so that fans know where to go to report things and actually feel like they can do it and know that it's going to be followed up. So obviously with the clubs that we've partnered with in um, from the Premier League down to League Two, all of the clubs have got a reporting number in place. Some of them didn't even have them in place before we, we'd even partnered with them. And now now they have, which is a really good thing. And even if they did before, actually being more aware of it, because um, when we spoke to Bristol Rovers about it, um, Kaz spoke to them and um, and the guys she spoke to said, oh, you know, we've got um, a reporting number. And she's like, well, I'm not aware of it. And I go every home game. And, and she asked me, she said, would you know it? And I said, no, I said, I, you know, like I said, we both go every week. And if we don't know it, then how is anyone else going to know it? So it's just having that presence like on a poster, in the programmes, on the screens. Um, and obviously that's been really, really um, well received. And then from then, um, having, you know, just having her game two presence in the ground, whether it's in programme, whether it's on LED boards, um, whether it's on perimeter boards. Um, and that's been, yeah, we've had that at lots of different grounds that we've partnered with. Um, and then from there, we've kind of been doing, obviously, what's coming up this this weekend and over the next couple of weeks um, are in kind of collaboration with Inter- um, International Women's Day, clubs hosting, the having her game two dedicated games or weekends. Um, this is actually first done by, sorry, Plymouth fans, uh, Extra City, um, <laughs> who partnered with us back <laughs> in um, and then they decided to do it in October. Mm-hmm. However, that was a really, really big success. Um, so, you know, the players were warm up tops with their logos on. Um, their social media content around the around the game was really good. The, the men played at home on Saturday. The women played at home on the Sunday and also played Exeter City's ground as well. Um, I, I actually, I know it was against um, Plymouth Argyle ladies in, in, in the cuff. And I know that... Um, Fargal ladies lost. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, Zoe. Um, and sorry, I missed the losing penalty as well. Oh no! Oh, no. Bring in oh, no. <laughs> Sorry for bringing up that. But, uh, but that weekend was such a big success, and you know they had their biggest ever attendance. From then, it's kind of grown. So you know, having it's going to be amazing over the next couple of weekends to see all the clubs that we partner with doing that, and even you know clubs from like low level, um, grassroots level supporting us as well it's been really good and then from there um one of our next steps is um is we're really keen to have like an education model module out not only in schools but also at like community trusts as well so that they can deliver kind of a message like to make people more aware and educate people about sexism because I think that's a real issue and I think that's something that really needs to be kind of spoken about at a younger age is actually recognizing that sexism is a problem and also that football is a game for all and it should be enjoyable. You know, growing up, I, I didn't play football um, because I'm just 
too injury prone and too clumsy it just wouldn't have worked for me but I absolutely enjoy loving it and I've watched it since I was 10 years old and I'm it's just such a big part of my life now I can't imagine not going to football every week and um a kind of a weird coincidence is I actually lived in Plymouth for three years I went to university in Plymouth and when I couldn't attend Rovers games um every week I kind of went and watched Plymouth Argyle because I was so I so needed my football fix that I was like well we weren't really in the same league at that point but I was like, I still want to go and watch a game. So I, I, I chose to go and watch Plymouth Argyle and I really enjoyed it. And yeah, even now I kind of was going on my own, but I kind of, I made friends with a lot of Plymouth fans, a lot of locals, um, a lot of them were guys as well. Um, and yeah, they kind of, they didn't mind that I kind of came along or stood with them because, you know, I was just someone that liked football and I was really, really grateful to be, felt like I was, you know, kind of welcoming and included, even though I didn't support that team. They just kind of understood that I liked football and I think that's the key isn't it when you mentioned there I think the key is education and that's where we need to get in like like you say into schools education educating people into what's right what's wrong what's the term terminology that gets used and yeah. it's, that it's about behaviors isn't it and I think that that is key and what I worked at previously to working at um Plymouth I worked at Torquay as well and um we did a really really great course on toxic masculinity and you know all those kind of things and we worked with coaches and stuff and you know some of the things that come out there and like what's what verges on banter and and things like that what isn't banter and some of the the stuff that got brought up there and like some of the lads that were like oh my god I didn't realize that would be offensive I didn't realize that was like verging on sexism I didn't realize that that and it actually was saw some of the changes of the behaviour that went on there was actually really, really quite positive. Um, and they didn't realise that what they were, some of the things that they were doing was actually inappropriate sort of thing. So, and it was actually a really nice positive change that we saw in the working environment as well. So, um, so things like that, I think it, like you say, it is, it is about educate, educating, because sometimes I think people don't realise some of the things that get said, maybe, you know, taking it too far or, or, or yeah. something like that and it can be you know it can be quite an intimidating environment for some people um it's for for some girls women um and it can be sometimes it can be a very very male dominated environment whether that's going to a match whether that's working in in that environment um I don't know about you Zoe I don't know how what kind of experiences have, have you come across for yourself have you found anything um I wouldn't say I've ever had anything um, too horrific personally but I have seen it um, I know right from when I was younger you know playing football just being sporty as a girl mm-hmm. um, I'd get a lot of things said to me about you know questioning my gender questioning um, my body parts just all things like that even I remember that from primary school kind of age um, I'd say it's something I've just become used to and I think um I'm at a point now where it it personally it doesn't affect me too much Mm -hmm. when I see stuff on social media I'm not a big social media person myself so I don't tend to get comments directed at me but um you know there was a lot when there was the female world cup going on and there was a lot of um things being said then and um I can kind of brush it off personally but um I do think it's still a huge problem and and that's probably part of the problem is that I think a lot of female footballers and probably in other sports as well are so used to 
having that um, against them, um, it's just become something that we deal like we just deal with it. Um, yeah, and it's difficult because I understand the different. Like, there's I think female and male football wise, definitely. It, uh, if you can separate them as different sports, so we're not going to be as quick or as strong. Like, we're not going to be the same as as the males, but. Um, if you can separate them, then you can enjoy the female game separately. And, and there's no reason why uh, females can't, you know, um, have an opinion on the men's game as well. And, and I, I used to love going to watch football. I used to go to watch uh, the football with my dad and stuff. And, you know, I never felt anything at games, uh, being a girl at games. Um, but, yeah, you see it. You see it every day on a daily basis. So. Um, yeah. yeah no I agree and I think that is I think I think you've hit the nail on the head there a little bit I think people that are in that working environment and are playing the sport and sometimes those that do work in the industries do kind of just accept it because I often get to, and don't get me wrong the people that I work with and all the males that I've worked with have all been genuinely great people and you know so respectful generally but you do get the odd one or two people that spoil it for the rest um and I've had some great allies working alongside so many great men within the industry, but there are one or two that um, go too far. Um, but it does become a game where, like, it is classes. Or it's just the it's just a football club environment. This is the environment you just need to kind of just accept it, and you do just hear things, and you just do just brush it off. Or it's just lads. It's just the way it is. It's football club culture, and that's that kind of thing that's what we have to get over actually it's not it's not acceptable really there's you know we need to stop this sexism we need to stop looking at actually we are women we all if we're working in that environment we're professionals it has to be a professional environment doesn't it so we need to stop this our it's football club environment it's football club banter um if you're working in that environment and then likewise when I I think our fans at Plymouth are fantastic. For me personally, I've never really come across much derogatory comments towards women or against women, um, but that's me personally. I don't know if it's affected many other people. Um, and if I did, I would always, you know, um, try and challenge that that behaviour. Um, and I think really we're quite accepting of women um, and girls. So, you know, I think as time goes on, we are learning and we are becoming more educated and more accepting. But again, you're still going to get the few that are very, very still very much against it, aren't we? So again, it does come down to things like her game too, that we need to educate. And I think it's just such a fantastic campaign to get behind. You know, we have all, like you say, Lucy, we have all the other campaigns, don't we? And, um, you know, they're all out there, but this one is just such a good one to get get behind and you see all these young girls now and they want you know at the matches and all the little girls and have all these role models and you know with the women's world cup and everything and they're getting behind they they wanted they have these expiring role models and and they have all these inspirations and and stuff and it should be inclusive and they want to go to the football with their dads and it needs to be that inclusive environment you know do they need to be hearing the bad language do they need to be hearing the derogatory comments um not for me no, it needs to be a more inclusive environment. So I don't know, you know, there's lots and lots of positives. And generally at Argyle, I think we are a very inclusive, family-orientated, positive 
club but they are still we do have lots and lots of work to do still yeah I mean it's actually quite interesting because when we um, announced the partnership there was um, somebody um, a fan that tweeted there I I can't remember the exact tweet um, but it was um, you know it wasn't okay about about them partnering up the campaign Mm -hmm. Um, and we actually did highlight it to the club and they blocked this individual Mm -hmm. Um, and and, you know we've seen it before Um, you know we've seen other clubs actually take an initiative on social media when they've seen it or they've, they've spoken about us and you know people have just replied and said things and they're like no like that's not okay um and you know and and actually I think that's good because I think this is the first time I've really seen like football clubs do that actually be like no that's not okay to say that or actually call like you know they want to obviously it's good to be seen as like inclusive and one club and stuff um and and it's great but it's actually like actually putting that into action and actually like Mm -hmm. showing it as well I think is super super important and you know, and I think, you know, having the reporting system in place, you know, and also like, and actually encouraging female fans to attend. I think that's such a big thing as well, because for so long, it's been seen as, you know, um, a man's game, as I say, in quote marks. Yeah. Um, and and it's and it's not. And, and that's the thing. It's funny because some people say to us when with our campaign, they're like, oh, you're you're trying to take over. And I'm like, no, we're not trying to take over at all. It's not, it's, uh, that's such the wrong perception. It's like, we just want everyone to be able to enjoy it together. You know, you're all supporting the same team. You're all supposed to be like one family. So why would you treat someone differently? Or why would you say that someone shouldn't be able to give opinion or shouldn't be there watching the team because they're they're different to you? It just it just doesn't make sense to me. I think I'm, I am lucky in the sense that I grew up with and um, my dad and my granddad, who were super, super inclusive about me coming to football, they didn't mind that I was a girl. Um, I just loved Bristol Rovers just as much as them. So I think for them, it's kind of like, well, that's someone just to bring along. Uh, like you know, it didn't it didn't matter to them. And I, I'm and I, I and that's saying I always I always say how lucky I am to have them. Um, and you know, my dad has been especially like since the start campaign, like he's been really, really supportive of us, and I'm really grateful to him. Um, Unfortunately, my my granddad actually passed away before the campaign came out, so he has never been able to see any of this. Um, which be super kind of, proud though of what you've achieved. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate that a lot because I, I do think about him a lot, and obviously, especially going to football, it's kind of been a, a bit of a weird, weird year not going with him or talking to him about stuff. But I know that he, he, he you know, in my in my family, it's so girl dominated. He took my my nan to games. He took my mom and my auntie to games, and then. As I got older, he took me to games. Um, and my my cousin, uh, my sister did. My sister doesn't like football, but she. But that if she liked it, he would have taken her as well. But it's just not her thing, and that's okay because you no, know, we're not all going to have the same interests. Not everyone's going to like football. Um, but it shows like even in a family, like people can like different things and actually, you know, be accepted of that. So yeah, it's yeah, it, it's just sad that people try and ruin it for others. And it's actually interesting. Um, hearing Zoe talk about um, the women's game and I completely agree with all that she said you know the female the female game and men um, men's game need to be treated as two separate sports mm-hmm. you know and I think they can be both be enjoyed separately and I think obviously with the summer that's about you know this summer you've got the Euros and it's taking place in the UK as well and I think that's also such a good opportunity for um, the women's team to be supported I mean obviously the Lionesses just won um, the Arnold Clark Cup um, 
which is really great as well. That's a great precursor to the Euros. I know it's only had four teams, but, you know, that'll give them some confidence going into the tournament. You know, it's home. Lots of young girls attending, lots of local teams attending, like as fans. And I think it's really, really exciting, actually. Um, and, and I think also that people have to remember that, you know, the women's game was banned for 50 years from 1922. So the game is going to be behind. And that's no, that's not, that's not women's women football's fault. That was a ban put in by the FA. So that that's so of course they're going to be it, the game's going to be behind. It you know it's it's it doesn't mean that you know I think one day you know there are things that is it is getting better. And I think in terms of you know I, I think uh, publicity sounds the wrong word, but kind of out on like you know being on TV more. You know with um, the Sky and BBC deal for the WSL, you've got you know, being on ITV, um, playing up games at Wembley, um, as well as obviously different grounds across the country. Um, and I think that, yeah, the, there was obviously a long way to go to kind of, for, in terms of like people kind of actually respecting it. And and that's the thing, like even like this week I saw, um, I think it was the player that actually played for Liverpool and they're in the Women's Championship and um, I think she's from New Zealand and she conceded three goals. Um, but and actually, I saw a lot of Liverpool fans and Liverpool women fans supporting, um, supporting the player and saying, actually, what she's, what's happened isn't, you know, it, it happens. But why are you, lo- like lumping on and being like that? Whereas you know, she could play tomorrow for Liverpool and she could have a brilliant game and she keep a clean sheet. Um, and it's just like it was just kind of, you know people are going to make mistakes that happens in any forms of football but it was just like the the abuse that she got wasn't okay um but it was I was again it was kind of good to see that actually being called out um by fans no that's positive but no but I think I think everybody here um and I hope I'm sure Zoe um supports this that everybody at Plymouth Argyle is way behind the Her Game 2 campaign and we'll do as much as we can to support you guys to promote it and you know call out any behavior that isn't you know called for and we'll push and push and support and support our fans and as well if they don't feel safe and secure and um support as much as we we possibly can and anything we can do you know just let us know and uh we'll get behind it this is the argyle podcast Thanks a lot for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. We've got plenty of other episodes for you to look back at and enjoy. You can find all of them on our website, pafc.co.uk. Just search for the Argyle podcast on the Argyle TV tab. Or you can find us on all your usual podcast providers. Just search for the Argyle podcast. Give us a like, give us a subscribe, and you'll get notified every time there's a new one. This is the Argyle podcast. The official podcast of Plymouth Argyle Football Club.